And tonight's show is quite emotional because tonight we are doing something a little different. I've wanted to do this for a very long time. Uh, tonight we honor David Carradine from Kung Fu. Yes, tonight we honor the memory of David Carradine, Kwai Chang Kane himself. So tonight I will be opening the show a little bit differently tonight. Tonight the show will start with no intros, but it will start with a tin bell salute to honor the memory of Kwai Chang Kane, aka David Carradine, and then we will go straight into the show. May his spirit live on forever. This one's for you, David. and gentlemen, and today I am very proud because today I get to live one of my dreams that I've always had. I get to honor one of my heroes today. I get to honor in spirit David Carradine from Kung Fu and Kung Fu The Legend Continues. But before we bring on our guests, I would like to um, bring back the tiger herself, my co-host, Michelle Manu. Welcome, dear. Hi, tiger, huh? Is this where I'm supposed to growl? Insert growl. Rawr! <laughs> that should like, totally be your calling card, dear. Yeah, I guess so. Well, well, thank you, Justin, for having me back. I'm really excited about today's show with my dear friend and the amazing Sophie Rob Moses. Who's going to mm-hmm. share so much with us today? It's going to blow our listeners' minds. So um, hopefully everyone's got their seatbelt on because this is going to be a, a really twisty, curvy one. So, well, a- a- absolutely, Michelle. And um, you know, before we get to to Rob, um, we have we have a few special announcements. And uh, I had my first um, contest uh, uh, this week, and. Uh, we had a couple of winners, so can you um, can you uh, let the audience know exactly what happened, Michelle? Yeah, so we Justin and I came up with uh, he actually it was his idea and actually crafted the question. Also, we posted on social media and also announced it on the air that um, if a listener was to get this question right, be the first one to reply with the correct answer, that they would be able to be a guest co-host on the Justin Harvey show. So the question went up, and the uh, tally is back. That question was, what Batman Forever star was on the Justin Harvey show last year, in 2014, that didn't want his face shown because he was filming another movie? Um, I'll let Justin give you the correct answer. But the winners were Master Todd Summers and Cliff Pennington from Princeton, West Virginia. Uh, so congratulations to those two listeners. They will join us on air as guest co-hosts uh, this coming Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. Justin, what was the correct answer? 
Well, before, before I say that, Michelle, I got to say there was a lot of great guests or guesses like Val Kilmer and all that stuff. I mean, people was really getting into it, but the correct answer was Dawn the Dragon Wilson. Very good. So congratulations to you both. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be a great show. And, uh, Michelle, without further ado, um, let's bring our guest on, who I like to call Master Colin. Mr. Rob Moses, welcome, sir. Hey, aloha, you guys. <laughs> aloha. Glad to have you, sir. I'm honored. It's such a privilege. And, uh, um, I'm Michelle's biggest fan, and I'm your biggest fan. So uh, how fun it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <a> big circle. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Thank you, guys. Oh, oh wow. So, you know, I... I really don't know how you want to start, um, sir, but, you know, for me, this is really going to be, you know, an emotional show because, like me and you have uh, discussed privately, I miss David Carradine dearly, so. Yeah, well, that uh, that does bring up the emotions, doesn't it? You know, energy and motion. Yeah. He was uh, one of my best pals in the world. We, um, we, um... Pulled off some stuff, you know what I mean? About 30 years we, we ran together. And um, it was uh, quite transformational. And to this day, everything that I do, I uh, I try to maintain the essence of Kwai Chang Kane. That's well, today and the way he presented them. Well, sp- sp- speaking of that, sir, like, um, when I was speaking to you privately, I kind of felt like, in some essence, I was speaking to David Carradine himself just by hearing your stories. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, well, um, you know, we became, a, you know, kindred pals. But thank you for saying so. Yeah, uh, you know, I can still just uh, gather the senses of just hanging around with them, you know? I mean, uh, the, the funnest memories are the ones that, uh, you know, you can't really remember. It's just an energy deal, you know? And, uh, and he and I, we would have copy together, play guitars. I'd do Kung Fu while he was playing the piano. And uh, just many, many years of this quality friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, so can you kind of give us the story about, like, how Kung Fu, the legend continues, actually, uh, you know, come into play and actually got started? Because I think, and I think Michelle would agree with me, uh, that would be an interesting story in itself. Very. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. I know, um, <clears throat> you know, after the Kung Fu series, it was so successful. The, the uh, um, you know, Warner Brothers is always trying to get them to come back to do another uh, thing, or at least movie makers. Somehow, everyone can sort of feel that that story hadn't been uh, completed. You know, the, um, mm-hmm. the Adventures of Kwai Chin Kei, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We did a, uh, a show called uh, Kung Fu the Movie, you know, with Brandon Lee, and that was that was supposed to be a series. And then it, Dave didn't like the direction it was going, and as uh, fate unraveled, it uh, it didn't happen. But I was lucky enough to be on that project too, kind of uh, just discreetly in the background, but nevertheless, I was there. And um, 
then years later, there was all you know. It was always like, "Oh, we're going to do the series again. We're going to do the series again." And you get all excited, you know, and then poof, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> so by the time mm-hmm. the Legend Continues came around, it was sort of a uh, we already used to it, like kind of the you know, boy you cried wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. oh, here we go again. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get the phone call where it was a real deal. And wow, yeah, and uh, it was pretty exciting. So, so, Rob, you were brought in as a weapons expert and, you know, just a trainer for David and, um, and I'm sure other roles as well. But, you know, how did it come about that you were actually put on camera as Master Khan? Well, that's pretty funny. You know, what started out, I mean, even for the first episode, I was willing to shave my head, you know. Um, <laughs> February in Toronto, right? You know, it's like it's going to break afterwards. But, um... And so, just to be on camera and to play skilled extras, you know, we would do that and uh, and dress up and do some of the background things. And I was always doing the uh, you know the flashbacks. I'd do the weapons. And then there was an episode that showed up where we had a return um, co-star who everyone absolutely loved, um, uh, Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham. I mean, this guy was just like a, a Christmas tree. Everybody loved him. <laughs> And he came back to play a role that was in, in an episode called Dragon's Wing. And it was amazing. It was kind of a version of the Magnificent Seven, which was kind of a version of, you know, the Seven Samurai. So it was a pretty powerful and wonderful um, uh, script. One of the few shows that felt like a movie. And something went wrong with him and his management when it was time to go to camera. And uh, so they pulled him off the set. And uh, Mike Vendrell, who was running the show at the time, you know, the producers asked him, all right, Mike, what are we supposed to do? You know, he was the coordinator stunt, stunt guy. And he goes, we will uh, use Rob. <laughs> and I was like, huh, what? So anyway, they uh, put me in camera and gave me a name, and I was already scheduled to do a uh, some scenes uh, training. Um, Chris Potter, you know, Peter Kane, the following... Mm-hmm. And that was the one when Ernie Rice Jr. was coming on board. So they already had me slated to do some of that, but the name Khan showed up in um, in Dragon's Wing. And from that time on, I got to be a uh, kind of a reoccurring character. Very great story. How fun. It was fun. Oh. Yeah, yeah. One man's trash, another man's treasure. And, you know, and... and Pete Cunningham, I don't know, that guy's really, uh, he's an illuminate being. I really think that he's, uh, uh, the people are going to see a lot more of him. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Very kind man, full of enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, I was lucky to get that gig, but I got a hunch. He's, he's, here, to, he's here to stay. People are going to want to know who he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, what was the most difficult part of doing Kung Fu The Legend Continues? Uh, um, staying away from the craft service table is probably what it was. You know, I hadn't uh, been used to that kind of lifestyle. You know, I was just mm-hmm. doing construction, working all day, and I uh, standing around was 90% of the job in, in the film industry. Um, you know, it's hard to say. There's... Um, there's so many wonderful, wonderful things. And when, when you're on a project like that, I mean, it was my dream as a child. So I, for the most part, at least the entire first year, I was just resonating in gratitude. 
Mm-hmm. You know, was filled with surprise and intrigue, and um, so many of the wonderful people that I'd grown up being fans of, I was able to meet and at a personal level. Um, it was a uh, it was a truly a blessing. One of the best chapters of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Go ahead, Michelle. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just going to say, would you got to. Um you know, experienced just a little bit of that this past Saturday at the Martial Arts History Museum for the unveiling of, um, you know, an item of David Carradine's from his, his jacket, actually, his gay, uh, in, into then being inducted into the museum. And you got to see a lot of um, friends and family of David Carradine and some fellow cast members. And, had a, you know, you look so handsome. You had, a, you know, that great tie on and the kung fu jacket. Um it was just wonderful to see you in your element and, and, and I don't know, reminisce, but yet it's today um, and just have such a great time. Would you talk a little bit about your time at the museum this past Saturday? Well, bless your heart. It was wonderful being there. and um, It did. It felt more even bigger than an event. It felt like a holiday. You know, you get to see people yeah. from basically family. And... Um, it was just a magical, magical day, you know, and so much there, you know, uh, David's son, Free, was there, and his daughter, Kalista, and his, you know, the, the other extended family, you know, his uh, widow was there, and so I was surrounded by uh, all these people who I've uh, loved all my life, and then, you know, the guys, you know, all the guys from the old-time Anna's days that I used to study with back when we were kids, and, uh, um, Carl Totten, who's one of the most brilliant minds in martial physics, he was there, and uh, he's always fun. Douglas Wong. And um, one of the highlights was uh, Rodimus Perot. Now, I'm probably pronouncing his last name wrong, but the gentleman who, as a kid, played Grasshopper. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What a hoot. I had so much fun chatting with him. He was wonderful. You know, super, super bright and witty, and um, uh, it was a real pleasure. I'd worked with him before uh, briefly on a um, on a documentary he did for the second and final season of the original Kung Fu show. We did uh, box sets, and I was involved in the second and the third season. So we had a dinner together, so it was it was personal yet impersonal, and this time I was able to really just kind of hang out. So, uh. The whole night was magic. Like every moment. You just like, oh my God, I'm over here. And then boom, and you'd run into somebody else who, uh, you know, you just were all happy to see. So it was fun. Excellent. That's wonderful. And you could tell, too, you're just beaming with this light of gratitude and excitement. And, um, yeah, definitely a wonderful evening for you. Yeah, it's one of those things that lingers. You know, here it is close to a week later, and I'm I'm still, uh, uh, you know, the hair on my arms is still standing up, just going, yeah! <laughs> so bless the yeah. museum, you know, and uh, Stacy, you know, Bertie and Michael Matz and all those folks. They just did such a wonderful job at that place, and I, I'd love to see it prosper and grow. Yeah, all of us, I think. That's why we continue to go and, and, and show support, you know, is do such a great job. Yeah, wonderful Hawaiian section, Lua section there, you know. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love that exhibit. You know, Alohi Kaivalo did such a great job. He always does on his, on his weapons. But it's just a nice presentation of an art that's been kept so secret um, throughout 
our life, you know. So really nice to see that exposed a bit. But thank you. Yeah, that's so, that Oh, go, I'm sorry, go Rob. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, that section just has such a museum quality to it, where a lot of it, you know, you're looking at, oh, there's a picture of, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so from whatever movie, and then you go into the Hawaiian section, it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know, this is a real deal. These are the tones of the ancients and the ancestors, and you, there's a certain earthly quality that wells up that you get in a, like a museum of natural history. It was a, a really a well done. So kudos to them on everyone involved on that. Well, thank you, Rob. It is. It's a tumbling too to be able to work with wood and the energies that surround it. You know, so I'm glad that you received that when you walked into that exhibit. Yeah, the spiritual tonalities really resonate with me. Oh, there. And I gotta mention, Michelle, going to that museum, that's on my to-do list. So. Okay, yeah, your bucket list. Well, whenever you come to Southern California, I will yep. gladly be your chauffeur. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll come too, right? Yeah, awesome. of course. Awesome. Um, Michelle, before we continue any further, do you think I should share some personal thoughts with Mr. Moses that we discussed, um, last night? I'm sure. Okay. Um, Master Moses, like, when I was younger, I really loved the series Kung Fu and Kung Fu The Legend Continues. I actually, I actually had a dream. Um, and it was, it was very, it was very enlightening to me because, um, I was actually, I was actually in my wheelchair and I actually found the actual temple where the stuff took place. And here comes David Carradine. And I'm like, David Carradine, it's actually you. And what's funny about the dream is uh, he said, who's David Carradine? I'm quite Shane Kane. And I'm like thinking, wow. And um, he said, Justin, we have been expecting you. And uh, he actually calls for you. And uh, I said, uh, what, what's going on? And he, he says, we are going to help you walk these stairs. So y'all help me into the temple and uh, y'all make me a Shaolin priest. <laughs> Isn't that a great dream, Rob? Yeah, it's very powerful. Yes, you and, you and David helped Justin walk up the temple yeah. stairs. Well, Dave's really active on the other side. You know, I can feel it. And uh, he shows up, you know, in my dreams, too. And he's always, uh, just, you know, cantankerous. And uh, at the same time, <laughs> always a, uh, you know. Oh. And, and actually, to honor, to honor David, uh, after that, I actually have a tiger on the right side of my arm. I just never got the dragon done yet because my brother had passed before I could get it done. So. Yeah. My condolences to your brother on that. Uh, thank you for uh, homage to the to the show, you know, and to the history of it. Thank you, sir, for allowing me to uh, interrupt you and actually share a personal story you know, on my show to you, that gives me great honor, sir. 
Oh, well, honor's mine. Sure. Well, I know we're always going to get back to Kung Fu and Kill Bill and all the other amazing projects that um, Rob has worked on. I kind of want to talk a little bit about Rob's actual art and uh, Kung Fu and how he started training in 1977. So, Rob, would you um, maybe share with our audience a little bit about what you studied and how that kind of morphed into where you are today? Whew, okay, I hope we get enough time for this. That's, that's a big question. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. I'll try to be relatively brief with that. Um, you know, as kind of an angry youth, you know, I was about the time I was getting out of high school. Me and my buddies, we started boxing in a garage and buying, you know, and I was punching a mattress, leaning against the wall, and eventually got a punching bag and all of those sort of things and started realizing I could use my feet. Yeah. And, uh, after, you know, a year or so of that, it was kind of like, you know, I better go get into kickboxing. I was going to go be a kickboxer. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, a, f- a funny thing happened on the way to the forum sort of a deal. You know, I went over to sign up, actually, at Danny and the Santos School, and I got there too early. I had gotten off of work early one day. So in the meantime, like, well, I'll have to come back at 4 o'clock. I went over to see one of my pals who I was boxing with, and I said, hey, Hey, Dave, I'm going to, um, you know, sign up for kickboxing. He goes, dude, I just went to a kung fu school. <clears throat> I'm going, where's that? Over in Torrance. you got to go check it out. And so, uh, fate have it, I, I meandered in there, and, uh, and I got a chance to talk to Cam Ewan, and he happened to be on the cover of um, Inside Kung Fu that very month. And I was just floored by what was going on there. Mm. And so, you know, I wound up signing up for Kung Fu, and and it became um, it helped me to just kind of kind of uh, metamorphose my, even my attitude and my angers and my the things we have with our youth. I was able to express them. They had a, uh, they did have a boxing ring there, and they did a little bit of gymnast when I was gymnastics, which I was never very good at, but mm-hmm. I could be. Keep- Flexible soon, and uh, Cam was like, I don't know what you've been doing, but whatever it is, it works. And it was probably from being a, um, you know, uh, sort of the pioneers of bicycle motocross. We would crash and fall down all day. So for yeah. some reason, I was, you know, I could, uh, I fit in with a lot of the antics. And um, eventually got pretty good where uh, I started going every day. I'd build chain link fences during the day, which was really, really hard work. You know, related a lot to the, to the tasks uh, at hand from the old uh, movies. You know, but I was breaking concrete. Instead of stirring rice, I was breaking concrete, mixing uh, wheelbarrows and setting fence posts. And uh, then I'd go in about 3.30 to the, to the Kung Fu school and stay until, you know, the late hours of the night. We just It was a constant. We did that for, I don't know, seven years or so and uh eventually you get pretty good and you find certain things you're good at certain things you're bad at the beautiful things with kung fu is you have to uh really um not only work on your strengths but on your weaknesses so you become mm-hmm. more well and the fighting aspects just started to really uh diminish where i was just loving the movement and then a couple of years, you know, I got a, I got a call to be, um, you know, from Cam Ewan. Hey, uh, if he was doing going to chiropractic school, because I need you to work with David. And I was kind of running the classes at that time, and uh, 
because I don't have time for them, and you guys are going to get along just fine. Either one of you likes to wear shoes. You both have kind of, you're kind of kindred spirits, so uh, we'll give it a try, and he'll probably be trouble. But I go, you know, go ahead and, and work with him before uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. Mm-hmm. So you all know that was quite some many moons ago. You know? mm-hmm. but, uh, being lucky to be working with him, um was a really powerful uh, for me and a great sense of responsibility. So, um, anyway, that's kind of how I hooked up with him. And then, you know, as as the plot thickens, you know, different projects would show up periodically. And I recognized relatively early on that David had different needs than, than most people would need in the, in the Kung Fu world. Where at the school, you know, you were teaching Northern Shaolin Monastery, and we specialized in the praying mantis system, 18 weapons and iron palm, all the stuff you do, you know, when you're young. And um, I always liked kind of inventing, where I would expand and contract whatever techniques were presented. And, you know, I would do open hand sets, and I'd use double swords, and I would just, I was always experimenting. I couldn't sit still. I was just fanatic. <laughs> And, and eventually that kind of turned into where I became more of an inventor. I could just cross-reference and find different uh, relationships to what movement modalities I happened to be working with. And through the years and working with David and his brilliant questions, I eventually became an alchemist. And uh, I feel right I can say that because, uh, you know, nature and movement in its highest form reveals the golden spiral. And so now I'm manifesting uh, apparatuses to navigate energy fields. It sounds a bit esoteric, but it's sort of like if you take out all the stops of Kung Fu, it becomes uh, pure creation. And um, so I'm working with uh, golden fire ratios and uh, waveforms. And it's more of a Kung Fu as a continuum. I'm really, really floored by uh, some of the findings, and um, I have to kind of learn everything upside down and backwards as far as the math goes. <laughs> I really just felt my way through it, but then I just have now conjured up a lot of alternative fun stuff. And so much of it, it's, it's all in the essence of Kwai Chien Kane. Um, kindness is our greatest strength. And he had that certain, just humble, yet enthusiastic uh, attitude that still uh, resonates well with me. I'm still um, really impressed with his, uh, who he was in the (laughs) Sorry about that. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. Well, that was, you know, anyway, here we go. We're still at it. You know, now it's it's getting close to 40 years later, you know, and I'm still, uh, 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 I still just love Kung Fu. (laughs) And I do it different than I, than, I, than I did when I started, that's for sure. But uh, That's the beauty of, of it. It's like music, you know? You, you learn the scales, you learn the songs, and before you know it, you know, you're creating an opus. And that's uh, sort of where I'm at in my, in my life these days. Um, I'm just longing to share it with more and more people. Well, I think that's amazing. And it um, also shows you've been taking all the steps out of Kung Fu. You're now into, like, this flow, and I think that's, you know, the audience needs to know that you're this power that 
can you explain a little bit about the spiral and how once you get the body moving, um, they can kind of get a visual in their mind? I, well, I'll give it a try. Um, the certain apparatus is shaped like a, a wave. I, I make several types, but they all kind of follow uh, um, streamlined information, if you will. And uh, you're able to use centrifugal force and free will in the sense where it's like a handheld roller coaster track. It makes you, allows you to communicate better with your inner self. You can mm. feel the lights churn, and you have substance for the what may be um, electromagnetic fields, your toroidal field, or your just even waves. It comes in streams and information. Electricity goes through conduits. So there's something about being able to encourage information to travel, and as one applies themselves to these apparatuses, it kind of gives you the boat or the surfboard. You know, you, mm. you suddenly have fun. It's like, woo and you can connect better to your higher self, and it can make a um, greater uh, energy potential is a lot of what the divine code is about. Mm. Like, like harmonic frequencies is really the invisible universe. But when you look at creation, everything follows, and the physical universe is designed from cycles of phi. I hope this doesn't complicate the audience, but uh, feel free to look it up or any of that, you know, the golden ratio or um, the golden spiral and the Fibonacci sequence. But it's really pathways of the least resistance. So you're able to put an incredible amount of enthusiasm in it. You just get the best results with the least effort. It creates this gearing inside of your body as if you're already in the zone. And when you're too tired to make mistakes, say, um, you know, in the third quarter, right, boom, it's like, what? You know, this, you're just flying and just ripping. And it gives you that hang time. Um, that was my greatest love in the arts was, was the in-between movement. You know, not so much just impact, but like you jump up and you kick and like, oh my God, you make this racket. And then <laughs> when you're on down, you felt like you were flying. Yeah. But to, to manifest that as a continuum is what I've, I've perfected. Well, I think actually, Justin, when we get together, Rob, I would love for you to bring one of the physio sticks and let um, Justin work with you a bit. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, and I'm these miniatures now based on on Flower of Life principles, which is more of the frequency of the water as opposed to the flow. But I'm mix and matching those percentages, and it's uh, like braiding water. It's it's phenomenal. It's different than the uh, uh, you know the kind of the prophecy of be like water, just to be adaptable. Um, you can actually the behavioral patterns of moving water. <laughs> You'll see in uh, you know in waveforms and whirlpools and streams. So it's a a more I think healing modality than the animal archetypes because they're primarily a war art where it's beak and talon and they're trying to stay alive. And that's where the martial arts comes from. Where this is looking a little deeper, like how did creation even? build these animals? Why are the bones all, and wings, all relating to the phi ratio? And like I say, water and electricity, they're currents of information. And 
we're allowed to now mimic a higher resonance in flow, create like a dynamic meditation. And I feel that's where Kwai Chen Kane would be doing, is doing right now. You know, Kwai Chen Kane in outer space, what would he be doing? Mm-hmm. He's healing. He's not bumping into anything. You know, the self-defense is just a byproduct. And um, the, um, the thought of being able to arrive at bliss as a continuum is what I'm really searching for. And being a moody artist, sometimes those songs last longer than others. <laughs> but it is it does feel more invigorating and more free to me than the uh uh who who would win, you know? It's more win win right. yeah, yeah. And that's what about it. Mm-hmm. I well I got an interesting question. Um Okay. To, to your knowledge, uh, was was David Carradine active on social media like Twitter and Facebook, and would he interact with his fans? Because I thought it would be like a funny bit to actually see like uh, a Shaolin monk on like Facebook or Twitter. You know, that would be that would be awesome. I'm not sure if I understand the question. I mean, did he do that or what? Like, like you know, like um. To your knowledge, was David Carradine interactive with the fans on Facebook? Because I actually had this funny idea for an episode, if y'all return, to have, like, a Shaolin monk on the Internet on Facebook or something. Oh, um, you know, well, she's been gone now over five years. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Facebook was really hitting its fullest uh, potential at that time. Yeah. Uh, but he, one thing that he did do in, 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 in later years where he would go to the... To the uh, the fan conventions, and he would interact with the public and try to give it back, you know, and he showed up at a few parades and those sort of things. He was, um, you know, grateful for who he was, and uh, he was wise enough to know it's really all about the public. Um, so he was fun that way, you know, and uh, he wanted to play every part. That's You know, he was a renaissance man. He didn't want to just keep dwelling on Kung Fu. He wanted to be you know, and Shakespeare and play pirates. And, I mean, he was flipping genius, you know. And uh, he just wanted to perform every chance he could. He just loved it to the marrow. So, oh, wow. uh, that would have been interesting if he, w- if he would have done something like that. But to my knowledge, that never yeah. happened. Yeah. I, I just thought it would be funny because there was one episode where... Um, Little Peter Kane actually brings in a um a video game into the temple, and he actually there's a scene where he actually hides it behind his back, and you see Kwai Chang Kane saying, "Why do you hide this from me?" And he's like, "You know, technology is you know not allowed in the temple." And then you see like Kwai Chang Kane play the game just perfectly. That's pretty funny. The gentleman who ran the show, you know, like the executive producer, was Michael Sloan. And he was, you know, he did Man from Uncle and The Equalizer. And um, he had a lot of great loyal uh, friends and fans all over the world that were in the business. And he was so clever. You know, he used to write some really great scripts. And I think even the ones that were written by other folks, everything kind of had to go through Michael Sloan. And uh, I just can't say enough great things about him. Mm-hmm. And his uh, um, kind of be able to see the future and the past, 
You know, we have shows where we went to the Bardo and we went to Shangri-La and we did, you know, a lot of stuff that was uh, ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah. And Shambhala. Yeah. I remember the Shambhala. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that's thanks to the, to the, to the brilliant mind of Michael Sloan. Great, great, great stuff. Yeah. And, um, uh, tell us a little bit about the transition working on the Kill Bill uh, movies. Because actually, I had heard that it was supposed to be one big movie, but it was split into uh, two different movies. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and the, the rumor was when we first got onto it and started seeing scripts that there was actually going to be a probably that was supposed to be one big movie and then there was supposed to be another one probably 10 years later and another 10 years after that which would have been a, a Tarantino's brilliance in you know mm-hmm. where I'm assuming would come back as a, an assassin when she was like 16 years old and then again at 26 so but things that we, when you get in this business sometimes it's, it's that's their script changes constantly and uh, I'm certainly uh, wasn't really involved in that side of things but they're, uh, you know, Tarantino's brilliance and, and the great performances of all the cast and crew wound up making it a classic, you know. I was floored to get to hang around with Gordon Liu. You know, I used to watch him in, a, you know, 36 Chambers of Shaolin, you know. You know. But um, getting the call for it was another one of those feelings of, uh, which anyone who's been in the film industry I think probably can relate to this, it's kind of like the boy who cries wolf. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We're going to do this. Yeah, okay. All right. You say yes to stuff, and you never know if it's ever going to happen. And then, uh, so you would have it. Once it came time to go, you know, um, I got lucky enough, you know, David, uh, threw a big enough of a connection fit to get me involved. <laughs> I'm really, really lucky to be there for about three months. Uh, at the training center here in Los Angeles, and then I uh, got to stay in Beijing for about three months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, David, uh, the the script changed a lot. He had a lot of fights originally, and eventually they're like, well, we don't need you anymore. You know, and they, for the most part, he just came down to that dialogue in the end. And a little bit of, uh, I guess he did an extra fight with uh, Michael Jai White, who is one of the world's most talented martial artists. Which I'm actually working on contacting him, and I actually know one of his uh, teachers, so I may be able to make that happen. He's he's phenomenal, Michael J. Yeah. White. I don't I don't know the guy, but uh, you know I've seen him work, and he's definitely uh, a world class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dave really liked him, you know. Yeah, he's great. He's working with Tony John, who's one of my favorite guys, definitely. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, they're working on that one uh, human, tra- human trafficking um, movie. I forget Whoa. what it's called. Okay. I'll just send you the trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll see that one. Yeah, I'm fans of each of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just in Africa filming some more, so very interesting stuff. They were posting photos. Yeah. Good, they're busy. Well, I wanted to... Know? Yeah, yeah, everyone's pretty, it's pretty neat. And there's some great martial artists coming up there getting more recognition than just, you know, the Jean-Claude's, you know, that were just permeating throughout all of the movies at one time. Which, a while back, but nonetheless, it's nice to see different styles of uh, martial arts out there now. 
women Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask, I'm still seeing, I'm working with David, Rob, I wanted to know, like, if you could just talk a little bit about the trans, I don't know how your mornings and your training transmuted into quiet time from training time, which is part of the training, but can you give the audience a little bit of a glimpse into your mornings before you started filming? You mean on the set? You mean? Yeah, yeah, on the set. Well, he liked going through the old Shaolin combinations. That was like, for a lot of times, we would just play. And he would always sneak up on me. I don't know, like how I hate a lot of those movies. He was always trying to get me. You know? And, uh, he would get kind of an osmosis, sort of a kung fu uh, energy from me, you know? But when we could, you know, I would always try to sneak him away, even though he was busy trying to learn that day's dialogue or what, you know, to try to at least go through the uh, Northern Shaolin combination exercises. He always felt like he'd put his work in when I, when I could get him to trudge through those. <laughs> you oh, know? And, uh, eventually, you know, I, we were suggesting, well, why don't we do with open hands instead of the fist punches? And he's like, and he, I remember him trying to get me, you know, like, why didn't you show me this earlier? He had uh, such a fun antics about him. Um, <laughs> well, like we were turning the Kung Fu into the Tai Chi, you know, and the older you get, uh, some of the uh, more forgiving uh, gestures and techniques, you know, you want to elevate towards. Uh, you're not going to be jumping the way you do when your kids. Of course, David could. He could. He was almost like a like a like a, a tree frog. I mean, that guy could flip and jump like what? You know. So, Teddy could always do it since he was a kid, and then back to his old balletic days and things. You know. Mm-hmm. Every you know every time was different. Every once in a while, we'd be out on the streets of Toronto and um. He'd want to train right there. You know, in the public, it'd be like, you know, <laughs> be out of the street corner, you know, and just, just going through some kung fu. And he'd dress like quite Jane Kane and, you know, with his, uh, that satchel on the side and monk garb. And uh, we we had a lot of fun. You know, we really did. We had a way of making it fun instead of just, uh, you know, going through the motions for the sake of going through the motions. We were We were living the dream. It was wonderful. Well, you made the best of it. I think a lot of people that, you know, it looks so glamorous to the public about, you know, filming and being on set early. Those are very long days. It's exhausting. The waiting around, like we talk about, just sucks any life and creativity and expression right out of you. So it's essential to enjoy it and to make it fun, you know, and keep it uh, to where you're both sneaking up on each other and, that that's what keeps you um, engaged and being able to perform as as when the cameras do start rolling. Yeah, you just kind of got to keep the spark, you know, if, for sure. The flames got to stay going, and uh, we did learn how to look after one another that way. Where that's some other, that's not traditional. You can't just you you know go do this five hundred times. Just what traditional, <laughs> you know, and uh. We'd already kind of been around the block a few times, so we we figured out a way to, you know, gather and share wonderful information at the same time enjoy one another's com- company. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm gonna I wanted to kind of read for our audience, um, or just tell them actually about some of your accomplishments, and I'm gonna go uh, reverse chrono- chronological order here. 
um, last year, the Masters Hall of Fame honored you uh, with the Silver Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, and I think 2002 was a huge year for you because, um, like Justin, will be inducted this year. You In 2002, you were inducted into the USA uh, Martial Arts Hall of Fame um, and were provided the Founders, Founder of the Year Award for your development of your own martial art, which is Tai Shan Nine Palms. And I was wondering um, if you could talk to the audience a little bit about your art and what what it, your art consists of. Yeah. You know, that was a, an interesting development, and it actually came on David's birthday in, oh. in on December 8th. This is kind of a fun story. Thanks for asking this. You know, I'm all more happy. I like to answer this. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to get together with someone, and so, okay, I'm all geared up, you know, and... And then he calls us like, "Hey, Rob, you know, I got it's my birthday. I'm going out with my wife. We're doing. She's made other plans, so uh, you know, rain check." And it's like, "All right, no worries." And um, so I'm down at the beach, over Redondo Beach, and the wind's blowing. And it was one of those days where it was just something magical. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, David is a genius. It's, it's, I just don't. What's the bottom line? And at the time, we're looking at Y2K. So the news is telling us, you know, the world's going to implode within less than three weeks. You know? And, uh, you don't know. Is it true? Is it not true? Right? But there was a lot of energy, you know, about uh, uh, what was going to happen in the year 2000. So I'm kind of like down at the beach and I'm thinking, well, David's a genius. What can I share with him? How can I tell him greater understandings of what it's all about, really? And I got to tinker, tinkering with Kung Fu down there, and I started just thinking, wow, I can do this indefinitely. And I was using string theories in hindsight. At the time, I was just pulling on the imaginary ropes and so forth, but I was playing in the wind, and the dolphins were there, and it was something was just, the Aina was talking, you know? And the serious questions of, have I wasted my life jumping around? You know, so my dad used to say, when are you going to stop jumping around? Look at your contractor's license. And I just couldn't stop jumping around. I just had to do Kung Fu. And so I really, like, out of the ethers, like, conjured up these certain ideas where, you know, they went from the strings into casting lines and into vortices and then upstream, downstream, hurricane mentalities where you're fighting in the wind and then uh, spherical movement where you'd be working with the ball and all of the different things that I could relate to some of the uh, uh, energies that I had experienced through martial physics throughout the years and was able to tell the truth without bloodshed imagery. That was a big key uh, uh, therapeutic um, new mode for me. And so I wrote them down. I think I had five, and then I get up to the car, and I started writing them down, and I wound up with super sloppy writing, and these these nine configurations, and um, even cause and effect. One of those called the ninth implosion, which is kind of like, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Try to breathe before you speak, and then love will find an answer. Interesting stuff. But I share it with David. And then so David, he said it was one of the hardest things he had, could do was try to figure out what I had said. And I, I didn't write it neatly. He just goes, give me those notes. I figured I was the only one who would ever read them. 
And after I did, he uh, typed him up and then had a, shortly thereafter had an interview with Black Belt Magazine. You know, of course, I worked with him on the thing. And he was like, oh, my God, why haven't we been doing this? I said, I just figured it out. So he said, well, what are you doing these days with your Kung Fu? He goes, well, I do the only thing that I'm, you got to talk to Rob Moses about that. And so he created a, uh, an opportunity with Black Belt Magazine. And um, the writer there has become one of my dearest friends in the world, uh, Master Floyd Burke, 10th degree black belt. And, um, he did a really fabulous job of listening, you know, and they said, oh, we'll talk to Rob for an hour or two. And David says, no, it's going to take a couple of days. You don't know Rob. No, no, we'll get this done. We do this all the time. It'll take an hour or two. And it was about a week. <laughs> we got done having these fabulous conversations and in great depth, and I was able to, you know, present them with diagrams. And anyway, Floyd Burke just smashed it over the fence. And it was that article that got me the notoriety, um, you know, as a, as a creator. They brought David as a co-creator for it. Hey, um, Okay. Hey, Rob, let, let me interrupt you, please. Um, can you uh, can you tell us about uh, some of your classes that you teach today? Yeah, I, I you know, just started that again um, shortly after Thanksgiving, so they're running a little slow, but I'm excited about it. And um, I'm um, kind of seeing where the energy is going to take it. I'm just staying open, and I'm going to be working with the Nine Palms uh, uh um, modalities, as well as the stuff with what I call the physio sticks, the golden spiral. I'm working with waves and water behavior. Uh, it's thanks to a, a brilliant, brilliant uh, king of men gentleman uh, by the name of William Christopher Ford. He has a karate studio over in Torrance, California, Kaizen Dojo. And he was offered me. You know, I knew him when he was a kid. When I was probably in my early 20s and he was in his mid-teens. Mm-hmm. And now he's just a consummate professional, one of the most skilled and talented and kind-hearted human beings I've ever had the privilege to know. And so he's opened up the doors for me, and, uh, and there you have it. So we'll see where, uh, what the, who shows up and, and what the needs are of the people, and I like to uh, uh, kind of think on my feet that way. Rob, it's exciting. What days do you teach now? It's uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m., which is, you know, I know that's an awkward time, but at the same time, it's when, the, when there's no one at the school. <laughs> you know, the, the slot was open yet. So, uh, and I'm hoping even pregnant mothers and stuff like that show up, you know, and the goddesses, because this, this, uh, uh, these spirals mm. are different. So I'm, I'm really hoping that that'll, uh, I'm incredibly optimistic that that's going to um, bloom. Well, if you're in the Southern California area, we'll be visiting and are interested in learning some of um, body movements like water behaviors and, 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 and way more. Um, Kaizen Dojo is uh, K-A-I-Z-E-N Dojo, and it's in Torrance, right, Rob? Yeah, yeah, it's over on, uh, yeah. well, I might as well throw a plug here. You know, it's at uh, um, one, 1824. Uh, 182nd Street in Torrance on the cross streets of Western, real close to the 405 freeway. Excellent. Um, I, okay. Yeah, I would recommend them even for, for the karate. I mean, they're, they're off the charts. The kids' classes there are, are just, everybody's grinning, everyone's talented, everyone's, it's a beautiful uh, Ohana-style um, mm-hmm. establishment. 
Good. Well, I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about this, you know, you're talking about frequency and not the wave of the water. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the water blessings and uh, maybe touch on some golden spiral wellness? Um, oh, my God. That you're, you know. This is where I get emotional. No, you can get emotional. This is important stuff. This is an emotional show. This is for David today, so. David, and you know, I think this is him pulling the strings up there, too. You know, I was at an alchemy conference in 2011, and it was put on by a gentleman named Goodney Goodnison, and he runs the Modern Mystery School worldwide. And he walked up to my, you know, I see him and he's, you know, I'm wearing a Kung Fu uniform. He had a Hakama on. He's like, hey, bro. And I'm thinking, I know this guy. I can't even remember his name. Where do I know him from? And it turns out I had never met him before. But he just felt like family. So, um, hope I'm not making a short story long here. <laughs> when he comes over to the table, he's like, and he stops in his tracks. He goes, oh, my God. You're making anti-weapons. You're using the Fibonacci sequence. And you're creating anti-weapons. I'm going, yeah! <laughs> and he's like, look what this guy's doing. And he starts teaching my shenanigans without ever even seeing me do anything. So it was like, oh, my God. So we've become friends, and we're still hoping to really uh, uh, catapult that, you know, in the, before too long. But he also was a part owner or investor with the Dr. Emoto group which is, you know, the world water. He was the, 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 the magnificent scientist who we recently lost who was, uh, figured out uh, the, the shapes of things with water and intention. So he freezes water with these different messages. I highly recommend everybody get these books, even if it's just to look at the pictures. We get the love and the gratitude and uh, a thank you blessings just by writing it on a label, putting it on a jar of water, water and freezing it, when that water starts to, uh, mm. you know, melt, under microscopes, you see what looks like the most gorgeous musical snowflakes, I'll call them. Wow. Like angelic realms coming together. And then when you put something negative, you know, these things come out and they're discombobulated. <laughs> uh, they look sick and toxic and ill when you put a hate. So it's really between love and fear are the two modalities that create either absolutely miraculous, beautiful snowflakes or, or water crystals. Wow. And, then, and fear is just it's horrifying. It really is. Well, this happens inside of our bodies. So I was lucky enough to be asked with, to be involved with the American Indians here in uh, California on Dr. Emoto's 70th birthday while they were doing a world um, water blessing and healing and some of the tribes that had been um, enemies in the past came together as a one law of consciousness. And they asked me to stir in the center, in the mush pot, you know, with my sticks. And since then, you know, I've done a brief film that's not edited or out yet with a, gym, a, a water scientist named Jeremy Pfeiffer. This guy's smart as a whip. Young, handsome guy, you know, all tattered up, and he's just a sweetheart of an individual. And he's so bright, and he gets my shenanigans wholeheartedly. 
So I was lucky enough, hopefully that will come out before too long. But it's along the lines of frequency and potential of harmonics and how that happens with water. And that's where my heart is with these movement sticks. Well, that sounds wonderful. I, um, you know, building on that, <clears throat> I wanted to, you to discuss a little bit about this dynamic meditation that you're working in right now and um, with for peace. Do you think you could talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, along the same lines of the water, you know, when you look, people will go stand by water and they'll bless it and they'll send out prayers. Well, it's my uh, um, belief system is that, you know, the martial arts originated from love energy. The samurais would, forf- would, would risk their own lives to get kind of and extract a dark energy from the community. The same with the monks. I mean, these were monks. <laughs> these are holy men. These would go who who you'd go to if if you if uh, if you really needed uh, you know consolation uh, from from life's mm-hmm. painful things. A monk could work. You know, hey, you can give you something positive. These were beautiful, beautiful people. And when Bodhidharma come over the hill, instead of them sitting in meditation. He's like, hey, you guys are dialed, but look at you. You're falling apart. You're atrophied, you know? Get your butts up. Move. What are you going to do? Well, chop wood and carry water. And they're like, well, you can do that for us. We're monks. We don't have to do anything. Well, get your butts up and start moving. How are we supposed to move? Well, then they start moving like the animals. This was a dynamic meditation. But then, through fate and the war universe that we're, we're now moving out of, uh, those challenges of watching the animals eat each other were, you know, weren't really important. So the Kofu was a byproduct. And then once they started having to protect themselves all the time, I think it became most a priority. The martial arts in general was, I feel, seeded through love and self-defense and caring for people. And that's what this is as a movement dy- uh, uh, dynamic by using the Fibonacci sequence and the divine code and its relationships with golden spirals, one arrives at that state of bliss as a continuum. So the meditation is really it's just love frequency that you're able to pour in and out and through and shift your internal tides. And martial physics isn't in the mix. You don't even put it in the soup. You're able to just stir the soup of the cosmos and feel blessed. Does that make it so dark? Yeah, it does. Um, I think Justin has a question for you. I actually actually do, sweetie, but I didn't want to interrupt him because this is such good stuff. So, um, but uh, can you tell us about um, your your children books and why you chose to do children books? You know, it was a palm reader. (laughs) They told me I'm supposed to be doing kids books, and. She's actually what an incredible uh, lady. One, another one of my favorite people in the world, Dr. Sarah Larson. And I had been in a fit of depression. You know, uh, construction had gone to an all-time low, and I was working around very toxic people, and I was just done with it. And, you know, we all have chapters. Life's about chapters. So you yes, know, you we just, do. Yeah, and waves. Sometimes you face plant, and other times you flutter. You know, but, yeah. um, I was kind of over it. And I was really thinking about just, uh, you know, the things we think about when we're done. 
and and she says, "Oh my gosh, you know, you're the galactic healer, and you're doing this and that and the other." And she goes, "You need to be doing uh, massaging people, your hands, you know, your your." And what, actually, this year I started to do that a little bit more. More people are showing up that I get a, lucky enough to work on um, children's books. You're going to be writing children's books, and I'm like, "No, okay." And so I just started writing kids' books, and. It's another one of those typical things where, well, I wrote it, and then you set it there and you hand it to an illustrator, and, and many, many moons go by before things get finished, and, you know, between the editing and stuff. It's not as easy as just writing them. Now i got to figure out how to get them all out. But um, they are pretty fun. And I just wrote one about a week ago. It's the shortest one I've ever written. And with your permission, I'd love to share it. Oh, yes, please. Sure. Yes. Okay. Most of them are a little more extensive, but this, this one's kind of short enough to be, you know, I'm not sure if, 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 how far I'm going to go with this one as far as uh, ever getting it in print or not, because I've got a lot on the plate already. But uh, at the risk of embarrassing myself, I'm going to try to read this to you guys. Okay? This is an exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute exclusive. Remember, it's for kids. Okay, so... We all have a little kid inside of us somewhere, all right? So please um, bear with me. All right, Kung Fu Dinosaur was the name of this story. The Kung Fu Dinosaur was the roughest and toughest of all. Every dinosaur in town tried to put a whooping on the Kung Fu Dinosaur, but nope. The Kung Fu Dinosaur was invincible. Yep. First, the karate saur said, Hi-yow! As he ran in to try to chop the Kung Fu Dinosaur, the Kung Fu Dinosaur was too way too fast. The Kung Fu Dinosaur sidestepped, then tripped the karate saurus and sent him into the tar pit. It was in that very moment that the Taekwondoidactyl swooped in to try to kick the Kung Fu Dinosaur in the head to score a point. But the Kung Fu Dinosaur was too fast. He ducked in the nick of time, and the Taekwondoidactyl missed. He crashed right into a coconut tree. Then the Jitsuopolis dove in for the takedown. But the Kung Fu Dinosaur was too smart. He spun himself like a tornado, and then he flung the Jitsuopolis into the big pile of brontosaurus poop. <laughs> the Megalodon peeked out from the swamp. With all of his might, he jumped out to clobber the Kung Fu Dinosaur. The Kung Fu Dinosaur was expecting the unexpected. As the Krav, Krav Maga Megalodon flew through the air, the Kung Fu Dinosaur jumped into the sky. He doubled, he tripled, quadruple kicked the crowd of Megalodon back into the murky waters of the treacherous swamp. Then a very crafty ninjasaurus tried to sneak up on the Kung Fu Dinosaur, but it didn't work because the Kung Fu Dinosaur was using all of his senses. He ducked the flying star. As he dropped low, he did a spinning tail sweep. The ninjasaurus flipped upside down and landed with his head in a hole. Then the Kung Fu Dinosaur heard... All of the jungle start to shake and tremble. It was the most feared and powerful creature in all of the known world. It was the mighty Judo Jean Labellosaurus. And the Sorry. Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. I'm sorry. As the ferocious tyrant broke into the clearing, ready to choke everything in the world, the Kung Fu Dinosaur said, Hi. Can't we just be friends? Then the Judo Jean Labellosaurus said, Sure, little buddy, that's good technique. 
Yeah! yeah. I love it. Excellent. Excellent, Rob. Sorry about the laughter, but I was really getting into it. Well, you know, without the laughter, it doesn't work. You know, that's how. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, that's just one. That's a short one. Most of the others, and they're not all about martial arts. But that was a short one I was hoping to share, and I, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. We're great. I love that. Wasn't that great, Justin? That was excellent. That's another first for our our show, Michelle. Wonderful. Wonderful. I just smile through the whole story. I'm just like, oh, who else is he going to run into? <laughs> awesome. It is it's just so such a great I message. Know. Yeah. I don't know what it would be, but, I, you know, I, or even where it was going to end up, but I'm really, uh, I'm having fun. Well, it's just so. amazing, too, you know, and that is good technique, young and old. I know it's a children's book, but it just says, can we all just get along? You know, and that's really what it comes down to is communication. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, how exciting. I mean, you have so many exciting things in the pipeline. What can we expect from you this year? What are you looking forward to, Rob? You know, uh, I just keep praying to be in service, you know, and um, I've been a loner most of my life, and I feel that that's uh, finally starting to hatch where I can get out there and, you know, like like this this beautiful opportunity to be able to be, involved with your show, you know, with, with, thank you, Justin, incredibly, this is so much fun, <laughs> just a, you're just a light, you know, just a, a lighthouse in my life that uh, just gives me hope that I can eventually just show up, you know, and um, mm-hmm. get people involved with some of the movement concepts and uh, collect friends all over the world. You know, and I've got a, a hot sauce that I'm I'm launching that I think is going to do really, really well. It's an incredibly super hot ghost pepper sauce. And it's another labor of love. These kids' books, you know, whenever they do get out, who knows? Maybe they can even get into screenplays, or if I'm lucky enough, I could dabble in film. I like to choreograph. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can see things, you know. You know, like when in in a room, I can kind of read the room and know where who needs to go bounce off of what wall. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, I, God, I hope to work with you someday in that capacity. I mean, how awesome is that? Uh, you have so much experience in that too. Hey, hey Rob, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, I'm actually going to have to wrap up the show um, because Michelle's going to be filming on location. And I had one final, one final question for you, um, and you can be as detailed as you want. Um, but as you know, I have um, expressed to you that I've um, built this little program with my blood, sweat, and tears for many years, and it's become such a big thing. Um, uh, how do you think that David Carradine would uh, perceive my program? I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, here right now, you know, uh, uh, just be uh, just just giggling in delight. I know it, you know. And uh, oh my gosh, talk about funny! He was a master storyteller. It was one of my favorite things about him. And uh, I, I just wish I could tell stories the way he could. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he would be in omni full support. Absolutely. And on that note, I'm yours. 
Okay, I'm in service to you and your program. Anytime, well, I'm, I'm a phone call away. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you, Rob. Hmm. Well, anything else? I actually, I wanted to close with this, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm actually starting to say something like, you, you know. It would be funny, like, you know, I've got a little bit of quite saying pain to me. It's like, you know, I could see people coming to West Virginia saying, how can I find Mr. Harvey? Uh, ask for Justin Harvey and he will help you, you know. So I think that there's a little bit of quite saying pain in, a, in every bit of us. It, it's just that we choose to, you know, accept it and, you know, spread the light, so... He's a figure of world peace, you know, and we need him right now. There's new paradigm, you know, the essence. It just can't go away. We, we have to uh, maintain that and uh, bless David for his ability to portray, mm-hmm. you know. And bless me too. Yeah, such a, a, a holy experience, really, you know. It really was. Question Kane was um, just wow, you know, he had all that and more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. It, and Michelle, I thought we would um, close the show by honoring you today as well. Uh, can you tell my audience really quick uh, who you will be filming with so that we can honor you on this day as well? Honor, honor <laughs> your program. My neck just told it. I'm like, honor me? What? For what? Um, no, just doing an interview. Oh. With, uh, what did you say? For just for being you, I mean that's uh, <laughs> God. Come on, Galactic um, there. I was. Uh, I know. I love that. You call me that all the time, and I love. It. I'm a Galactic Plumeria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. and Justin calls me the Tiger. So he's gonna <laughs> have me here, like a glowing Plumeria that's Tiger Stripes. <laughs> Galactic Plumeria. Exactly. Um, today I'll be filming uh, the World News, and after filming World News with uh, Daryl Vidal. And Daryl is the, uh, he played himself in the original Karate Kid movie, um, and actually created the infamous crane kick that uh, Daniel, was it Russo? Russo did? Russo. Yeah. 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 Sure. That Daniel did in the film, which all of us still do to this day. So I plan to get the story today about how he created that. Was that one of his signature moves or not? And just have um, possibly 15 minutes with Daryl, not as long as my interview with Rob, because um, yeah, Rob has a lot more to talk about um, as far as the universe and physics and spirituality and how um, martial arts lays into that and how we lay into martial arts. So just the overlap, but. Um, yeah, I hope to spend some good time with Daryl, and then after that I'm off to a movie premiere, uh, so I'll spend some good two or three hours of traffic on my way to North Hollywood, but it will be worth it. So. Oh, that's right. You're going to see my friends today. That's why I said I wanted to go with you and hide in your suitcase so I could get in. That's right. <laughs> that's correct. So, so that will be fun, but uh, give, give people... Uh, Mr. Moses' information so that they can contact him and we'll, we'll wrap up the show. Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. You want me to do it or Michelle? Uh, I'll no, let Michelle. Do it. Well, well, either one will do, either one is fine. We just need to really wrap up. Okay, well, I'll contact through you, but I'm like the goldenspiralwellness.com is where I got the sticks and 
contact me. You know, surprise saying why contact me. I'm here. I'm here to serve. So by all means, uh, thank you for that. And, and then um, Rob can also be reached on Facebook too. Rob, I'm going to give him your Facebook yeah. profile. It's just Rob Moses. So um, R O B and last name is M O S E S. Yeah, and beat down hot sauce on Facebook too. It's if anyone wants any hot sauce, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Justin Harvey and justinharvey.com as well. So we are going to wrap up the show, ladies and gentlemen. See you guys later. May I have one more brief moment? Yeah, Yeah, it's still recording, yeah. You can say it on this, but this is for Michelle, okay? appreciate that, and I'm resonating with that. And I, and I sent you some, some, some DVDs. They should be oh, awesome. Awesome. Cool. All righty. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay, no. okay. bye-bye. Bye. Well, let's say goodbye to our fans, Michelle. What do you say? I just want to say thank you all for joining us. I know that was a really in-depth interview, and I'm happy you stuck with it. And just uh, really great to expose some of the things um, that Rob is doing. And had a great time. What about you, Justin? I had a blast, but it's time to go. But same place and same channel next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hi, this is Grandmaster Rob Moses. I played Master Khan in the series Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. You're listening to Justin Harvey on the Justin Harvey Show, an honorary Shaolin priest.
If you want to be a guest on the Justin Harvey Show, call 304-673-4831 to book your show today.